Welcome to the Copying Content Podcast. If you're a speaker, coach, consultant, trainer, podcaster, YouTuber, whateverer, who actually gives an ish about your audience, this podcast is for you. Our host, John Cook, shares interviews from top thought leaders on the topics of speaking, copywriting, content creation, branding, and marketing. So snuggle in those earbuds and let's get started. Welcome to the Copying Content Podcast. I'm your host, John Cook. This is specifically for speakers, coaches, consultants, podcasters, YouTubers, whateverers who want to build a reputation as thought leaders in the industry. I'm so excited for today's guest, Seth Silvers from Story On. Uh, Seth and I actually connected through the U Summit here in Denver uh, uh, last August, actually last uh, fall 2018, I believe that was in September, end of September, and just kind of hearing Seth tell his story and his work with Story On, I wanted to have him come on the Copy and Content Podcast and share kind of his process, share kind of his experience and just some things that he's seen on the storytelling side of things. So let me read through a little bit. Uh, he started his first nonprofit at age 16, and he was immediately hooked on the power of storytelling. Uh, that sounds familiar. That sounds like my story as well. Uh, Seth has been a part of helping build several organizations and businesses, and his sweet spot is helping those rising thought leaders really grow their marketing through stories. And so, Seth, welcome to Copying Content. It's great to have you. And it, can you fill in some of the blanks on some of that intro where I might not have, have given all the information? Yeah, thanks, John. I appreciate it. And I'm really happy to be here. And um, it's always fun to get to partner with other podcasters and people in the space. So I think you did a great job. Uh, I started Story On four years ago. And before then was the marketing director of a nonprofit. Um, and really, I, I love that we're talking a lot about thought leadership. And that's a lot of the audience that we're talking to today. Because when I started Story On, my, my passion and heart was to... Um, see small businesses grow more authentically and to see people that are really passionate grow in really um, authentic ways of marketing, not just kind of throwing a bunch of ads out there. And so for me, I realized pretty quickly um, that the people I trust the most are the ones who know the most about my story. And so I figured this is this has to be true with small businesses as well. And so I you know, started looking at data and research and seeing, man, like people are supporting brands and following thought leaders and putting their trust in people that they believe in their story. It's no longer about just what product works or what product can get to us the quickest. And so I think it's been a really fun journey over the last four years of helping small businesses kind of build marketing campaigns and help them understand the power of storytelling and what to do with those. And and one of the unexpected turns that I wasn't expecting when I started Story On uh, was how involved this journey and how, I guess, um, how, how much this journey would direct me towards working with a lot of thought leaders. And so that's just been a really fun surprise over the last four years to see um, as the thought leadership industry has, I guess, grown and become more accessible. I'm realizing how a lot of the strategies behind storytelling and marketing that I've been implementing and helping people implement has really um have really been a big piece of that. So uh, you did a great job. But that's that's just kind of one when I'm thinking about that and this audience, I'm like, man, this is so I wasn't expecting to 
work as much as I've had the privilege to with thought leaders over the last four years. Yeah, well, and I think when we look at the whole idea of thought leadership, we think about kind of that rising popularity just in, just in the last couple of years. I think it's easy for people to say, I want to be seen as a thought leader, and but then they don't really start with their story. And I don't think it's possible, whether you're a speaker, coach, consultant, you're a corporation, you're any type of brand, you cannot be a long lasting, you cannot have any longevity in your brand without storytelling. And that consistent story, how do you show up? How do you really share your story? And Seth, what are kind of some of the, the different trends that we see now uh, coming into the rest of 2019 and beyond when it comes to storytelling? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I like, I always tell people that I am platform agnostic. Um, I really don't care about any specific platforms. Um, even though at different times, you know, Instagram or LinkedIn or YouTube or podcasting is going to have its pros and cons. Um, and, and when thinking about trends or things that are really going to be important in this next year, um, I just think that the, the, the two things that I feel committed to, as opposed to a platform, I say, are storytelling and consistency. And those are the two things that are never really, those are the two trends, if you will, that they're, those are never going to fade away. Um, consistency is never going to lose its power. And I think with social media and with just how communication has changed, consistency is more important than ever. And so for thought leaders and for businesses, um, I think in 2019, it's more important for us to be showing up on whether it's podcasts or videos or ads or online. I think it's more important for us to be showing up with new content daily or weekly um, than it ever has been before. It's not, it's not good enough anymore to produce a handful of really good pieces of content or a handful of really good stories each year. So that's the first thing that comes to my mind is, is just the power of consistency. Um, and I think that what happens when brands and thought leaders are consistent, uh, it builds it, uh, what I would call a compounded trust. And in the finance world, we talk about how, you know, money over time accrues and you get compound interest. And that's kind of what a lot of people base their retirement off of is just adding up like a little bit and a little bit and a little bit at a time. And I think the same thing happens with trust when brands deliver quality content and stories consistently is even if I only watch 10 seconds of that video, or even if I just see it in passing, me knowing that you're putting effort to show up in my life and to deliver value in my life, um, all of those little pieces add up and add up so that then over the next year, whether I'm aware of it or not, I've, I've really grown to trust you. Um, and, and we all know that we buy from people we trust. So that's what I come down to is just the power of consistency. Yeah. And, and that's a great takeaway because, um, it's the little bit of content at at a consistent, predictable time, but I would think let's, you know, really push in more on that consistency of storytelling Mm -hmm. besides creating great content on a predictable, at a predictable rate or a predictable time. What are some other um, expressions of consistency inside storytelling that you want to see more, more people share. Yeah. So you think it like, maybe what are some like specific, like maybe like platforms or like big opportunities for storytelling in this next year? Yeah. Great. Well, I would think about how, besides just creating great content, what are some other ways you, you, that you can see consistency in storytelling? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, 
I think that can, you know, I'm thinking of like what areas, what ways does consistency apply to storytelling? And I think that consider like like I mentioned consistency of producing it like pushing out a lot of stories that's we already talked about that but I also think just consistency within the story itself um if people don't know their story then there won't be a consistency behind it um and I've heard of some businesses before that they like you know when they're kind of beginning to refine their story they like hand out a three by five card to everybody in their business and asks them all to write the mission statement. And they realize that they have 55 different mission statements. And if it's not something that's defined and communicated, and I think it's with our story, if we're, if we're not defining it and communicating it to not just our teams and employees, but our audience, then there's not going to be a consistency. Um, there's going to be a discrepancy which can um, in what people are hearing, which is going to make it way harder for people to trust you as a brand. So that's another one that I think of regularly is consistency in how often we're telling stories, but also consistency in um, the story we're actually like our brand story. And that's one thing. It's so easy when we think of our story to just think of, all right, John, what's your story? In reality, like that's putting stories in a box, like every client you've ever worked with, um, like your core values, all of these things are different stories around your brand. And so I think um, this sounds odd, but I would also say consistency in variety. Um, like people need to hear consistency in the story that you are telling about yourself so that that's clearly communicated. But I think people also want to see innovation. And that's one of my core values with our team at Story On is making sure that we're constantly innovating with the stories and content we're producing. And I think that consistency in variety or in innovation, when people see that you're not just like, there's a theme, there's a brand to what you're doing, but you're also willing to like, you're looking at what's coming next and you're changing, um, not just like changing with the waves, but you're, uh, your content doesn't look the same this year as it does last year. You've gotten better at it and you're producing different types of stories um, to stay like on top of people's minds and stuff. So that's another thing I'm thinking of regularly is uh, even though it's kind of a juxtaposition, consistency in, the ver in a variety of stories and content and how we're actually telling them. Sure. When it, and when I hear that, I think about like the overall structure or the kind of the skeletal frame of your story mm -hmm. that can be put in a variety of different contexts. Um, a story that that's um, a brand story 30 years ago would have nothing to do with social media because there was no, no such thing as social media. Right. Uh, had it really had not been kind of the advent of that. But you take that same story and bring it out into 2019, 2020 and beyond is saying, of course, social plays a, a huge aspect, but then there's also very much a, a purpose grounded approach to how your story and not just here's what happened and here's uh, what's important to us, but also why it matters in the first place. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so when I think about, you know, as you connect these different uh, rising thought leaders and, and these people who are wanting to, to share their story, what are some ways in which you help them craft and share their stories? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, I had this moment, I think it was in June, um, June of 2018. And uh, I was thinking through like 
you know, I think it's healthy to think through what, who your dream clients would be and kind of what your dream contract would be as a business owner. And so I was thinking like, man, what would somebody, what would I do as a small business marketing agency if somebody came to me with, you know, wrote me a check for $50,000 every month and said, you know, what will you do? Like, I fully trust you. What will you do with this money? Um, and, and I was thinking through, I was like, you know what, I, without any hesitation, I would be working with that brand to create some kind of like what I'd call like a content pillar or like a core piece of content that their brand can publish every single week. Um, so that there's some consistency there. And then I would work with them to be really strategic about that one piece of content being able, like having a system around it where you can optimize it and edit it to where you can turn that one piece of content into 10 or 20 other pieces of content for other platforms, kind of pieces of micro content, if you will. And, and I was sitting there thinking about this and I was like, you know, maybe I should go and maybe I should just start pitching $50,000 projects. Like, you know, if I had that, you know, you could have ad spend and you could have a full production crew and all of these things. Um, and as I started thinking about it and thinking about, you know, maybe I just, maybe I make a thousand asks for this in the next year and I land a couple of them. Um, I realized, you know what, I would give the exact same advice to somebody that had like a $500 a month marketing budget. I would be, I would literally be telling them to do the exact same thing. And a lot of this comes from the different projects I've gotten to work on over the last four years. Um, and, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit that, uh, the first few years of my business was a bit of a shotgun approach. Um, I've had a few really great clients that I've worked with consistently for the last three, three, four years. And I love the work I'm doing for them, but beyond them, it's kind of been a shotgun approach. And so I've gotten to see a lot of different things and learn it off a lot of different things from working with different sized businesses. And so I kind of had this moment of looking back at all the different projects I've worked on and been like, you know what? People might disagree, but if people are paying me to implement marketing strategies that I'm seeing work really, really well right now, and that I'm seeing be kind of for this time, this is, in my opinion, this is the plan. And so um, we actually started the process of like really building out what is this marketing plan look like? And we ended up calling it the Success with Stories Blueprint. Um, and really revamped all of our services around that blueprint. And so we kind of have, um, we are working with thought leaders or businesses to initially get them into a rhythm of um, consistently like producing that content pillar every single week, whether it's something like a podcast or video series, or even still blogs, if it's the right business, whatever it might be. And then really teaching them exactly how to best utilize that content so that they have daily content going out from their brand to their exact target audience. And so um, I, 80% of the clients that I'm working with right now are either, I'm either, we're either coaching them to implement that on their own, or we are actually doing that for them. And we're showing up once a month or once every two months and initially capturing two months of content. And then our team is doing all the production and editing. Um, and then I would say the other 20% of the work that we're doing is, a bit more customized work with our established clients that we've been working with for the last few years that is really fun and really fits. So that's kind of how, um, like how we're actually helping thought leaders and small businesses to grow their business and their platform with stories is really kind of providing a turnkey solution to consistent content 
um, for those people. Okay, excellent. And and when you talk about capturing that content, you know, you and your team being on site, um, there, I'm sure that there's some sort of development process before that, yep. so that when you're creating the content, they know that this is reflecting the best version of their story that they would love to share with the world. What's yeah. that development process look like for you? Yeah, yeah, there's definitely like a development and onboarding process that comes into that. Um, what I'm seeing is since we have uh, since I have like really focused our services and since I've really focused on like, this is the plan that you get when you hire story on. And there's a lot of other marketing companies out there. If you want to focus on other things, but if you want to be growing with stories, then this is, this is the way. Um, then I I'm seeing that since we really kind of brought our mission to a point of clarity and kind of more of a like sniper approach as opposed to a shotgun approach. Um, I'm not attracting as many businesses that don't know their story. Mm. Um, I'm attracting a lot like higher quality people that are calling me and they already have a pretty good identity of what their story is. Um, and so that's, that's what I would say at first is most people we're working with, they have already bought into the idea in their, in their mind. Like they already know that stories are hugely important for their business success. So that's really helpful. Like I'm not having to spend a ton of time in the onboarding process, like convincing people that their story matters. And so then in onboarding, it's a lot more of focusing on um, how, like kind of coaching them through, all right, here's how you should be talking about your story. And, um, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of the hero's journey method. And I think it's really helpful in business storytelling. And so that's one of the tools that we use. Um, but yeah, we have a few meetings where we're really understanding like what are kind of doing a, um, I guess I would say like a cert or like in my mind, we're searching for what are the stories, what are the gold nuggets in their business, whether it's customer success stories, whether it's places where they can be educating their audience um, as a founder uh, or whether it's actually like, you know, their core values or employee stories. So we kind of build what we call a story arsenal, where within that first few onboarding sessions, we have uh, 20 to 30 kind of core concepts that we could pretty easily turn into kind of these content pillars. And then we usually focus on producing and capturing four to eight of those at one time um, to just like really maximize the business owner's time. Because a, a lot of people that we work with, they say, we have all of the content in our head, but I just don't have the time to produce it all. Sure, uh, sure. And so we really focus on making the time as as specific and focused as possible. Okay, okay. Yeah, and you mentioned the hero's journey. And for a number of, of uh, brands, number of people who are speakers, coaches, consultants, they say, I, I just don't see myself as that hero. I don't really see myself as having that extraordinary of a story. How do you walk them through some of those objections to the hero's journey? Mm -hmm. uh, I love it when people say that. Um, and I actually had this conversation with somebody last night uh, because the, the truth about it is they're not the hero. Um, like you as a business owner are not a hero. And to understand that, you have to understand a little bit about the hero's journey. And I'm not sure if you've talked about this on your podcast before or not, but like the, the quick version of the hero's journey is, I mean, it's an age old story formula that has been used in, I would say the majority of 
classic stories that have made a mark on society over the last couple hundred years. Um, and I, I think that the probably the most clear example of this is Star Wars, um, kind of the episode four with Luke Skywalker. But the hero's journey initially talks about how um, in great stories, you have a hero who goes on, gets called to go on a journey, and they run into challenges on that journey. And when they run into those challenges, they meet some form of a mentor. And that mentor can uh, empathize with their pain and can relate to their fears. And that mentor helps to give them a plan that they choose to either follow um, or not follow. And usually when they follow it, that kind of creates a great story. And that when they follow that, that either ends in success and they have been, become a transformed person along that journey, or it ends in tragedy or failure. And so this really simple formula is um, really an age-old uh, piece for telling stories. And you know, in the, the best picture that I can think of with this in relation to small businesses is um, in, in, in the first time I ever heard about this was, I think, from Nancy Duarte. And I think she was talking about it in a TED Talk. And I remember seeing this like, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, and it was, it just, everything made sense. But um, the picture in Star Wars where Luke Skywalker is training to become a Jedi and Yoda is on his back while he's training. And you can see Yoda like speaking these words and whispering into his ear as he's training and giving him advice. And that picture right there shows um, the perfect uh, piece in the perfect picture of what a business owner and a client should be. So for me and my clients, I am not the hero here. And, and my clients would not be interested at all to you know, hire me to tell them that like how great I am. For me, my clients are the heroes of their journey. And um, I am hopefully the mentor. And hopefully the, the advice that I can give them and what I can speak into their ears and the ways that I can direct them will help them to become the best version of themselves and help them to live the story they've always dreamed of. And so when people like you're saying, John, are wondering like, man, it's really hard to communicate myself as the hero in, in, my, in our story. That's, I, I always like stop them there. And I'm like, well, you need to understand like you're not the hero in this. You're actually the guide and you, and, and that's another story you need to know is you, that puts the position where you really have to know what's your customer's story. Like what's your, ideal persona's story and what life are they wanting to live and what advice or what guidance as a business owner can you give them likely through your content that can position you as the mentor that will help them to kind of reach their dreams and so it, it kind of requires this like little flip in our minds to realize wait a minute we're we're not actually the hero, but that's a way more, it's a way more interesting story to hear somebody talk about being a mentor and helping you reach your dreams than me just hearing you talk about how cool you are. Yeah. And that's powerful. And it's one where it flipping the script on how we think about the hero's journey. And if you, and if, you know, for whoever's listening to this, if you're wanting to really dig more into kind of what is that hero's journey structure, you can check out Joseph Campbell's work, a hero uh, with a thousand faces, fantastic book. Um, can grab it on audible. It's one where uh, I worked through it this last year and it's really lays out more of what that structure looks like from the hero and that entire kind of 12 stages of the hero's journey to to get to the more enlightenment. Um, 
And then we'll also include uh, Nancy Duarte's TED Talk in the show notes. You can check that out. Uh, Seth, thank you for mentioning that. It's a powerful talk from Nancy. Um, And you're absolutely right. Positioning yourself more as the guide looking for that prodigy or for that uh, the mentee that you can be able to then take the next step on the journey. Yeah. Um, so when, when people look at their story, they look at the way that, you know, people say, okay, I feel like I need to have that core message or the kind of that core piece of content. Uh, you had mentioned um, whether it's you know, capturing video or a number of different ways. What are some ways that you're seeing people be highly, like what are, what's that type of content or what's that kind of cornerstone piece of content that you're seeing people really be successful with um, for 2019? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that, um, I think the most important thing is for people to start where they feel comfortable. Um, I know we have to jump out of our comfort zone to grow and I, I fully understand all that. So I'm not just advocating just sticking with where you feel comfortable. But I think that the value of starting something and that something probably being imperfect and probably being less quality than you uh, maybe would hope is far greater than you going another six months without having that core piece of content. So I think that um, I, I think there's so many platforms and so many ways that that core content is working right now. Um, I think that podcasts is, it's growing a lot. Uh, my podcast actually comes out this week and I, that's the one thing that if I could do things differently over the last four years, I would have started my podcast four years ago. And now I look back and realize that, um, you know, it would have been, if I would have started it four years ago and still doing weekly episodes, um, I, it probably would have changed. My voice would have changed. Uh, my focus would have changed. The quality would have changed. All of these, all of these things that held me back from starting because I wanted to wait until I had like the perfect podcast and the perfect setup and all of these things, and that held me back from from doing this for so long. And so what I've seen is the people that are willing to start imperfectly uh, and do it consistently and get better and better over time are the ones that are winning. So with specific platforms, I or specific kind of, I guess, ways of producing that content, I think podcasting is extremely underutilized right now. Um, And I think that uh, that's going to change pretty quickly over the next few years and it's going to become more mainstream. It's the only type of content that we can consume passively. Um, I can't read a book while I'm driving. I shouldn't watch YouTube videos while I'm driving. Um, But a podcast, like you can really be, you know, you can be listening to it in the grocery store at the gym or in your commute or whatever. And so I think that that, uh, that audio is only going to become more important. Um, and it's also, I, I think audio is actually the least, um, there's the least uh, tension to produce it. Like it's, it's becoming more and more, more uh, easy to produce really good podcasts and really good audio with platforms out there like Anchor and um, a bunch of different uh, kind of audio platforms that are just making it easier and easier. I think I think back to when Instagram came out and Instagram kind of tricked everybody into thinking for a while they're a professional photographer. Uh, and now it's funny because we look back at our first Instagram photos and we have these ugly orange filters on them. And at the time, <laughs> it's like you look back in time and you realize like, holy cow, we thought that looked good. But at the time it was like, man, this was really, really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think Instagram made 
it made everybody, it made it easy for everybody to share photos. Um, I'm not sure if Anchor is going to be as big as Instagram, but Anchor is a platform out there that they have made it in the same way that Instagram made it easy for people to, you know, capture and produce and share photos. Anchor is doing that for audio. And so, and I think there will be more platforms that pop up like that. So I think that the, if I could pick a biggest opportunity right now, I would probably say podcasting is that opportunity. I also just, I think that every brand needs to be producing video content every single week. Um, and I think that can live on Facebook, that can live on YouTube, it can live on IGTV. I don't, you know, that kind of depends on who you're looking for. Um, sure. But yeah, so I, I would say, you know, there's a lot of places for video content. Um, I even think that Medium is a really valuable platform for people that are wanting to do really high quality writing. And I still think there's a big place for long form written content. And it, it might be an email, might be whatever. So I, I would just encourage people to think through like, what what's your what's natural for you? Are you a good writer? Are you good on video? Are you not good at either? And you need to hide behind a microphone. Not that the two of us are doing that right now, but we might um, be hiding behind microphones. That's, you know, I'll confess to that. <laughs> so I think that, um, recognizing like know yourself and be self-aware as to what feels most feasible for you right now and just get started and commit to getting better and better with it. Yeah. And I think that's a powerful part. And, you know, for the, for the person who's listening to this as you're, you know, heading on for a commute or you're waiting for your flight or whatever it might be, you, there's a good chance you have a, at least a couple drafts just waiting to publish. And they've been sitting there, not overnight. They've been sitting there weeks, months, mm -hmm. years. Come on, let's be honest. What would it take for you to just simply hit publish? Mm-hmm and just get it out there in the world because uh, imperfect content will always be viewed far more than that imperfect draft that's still sitting in the inbox or sitting in your draft folder and just doesn't make its way out. Nobody's going to be served by unpublished content. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I'll, I'll jump in and just say, like, I think that people are so afraid of things not being perfect quality. And and I can empathize with that because I care immensely about quality with everything that I do for clients and for my own brand as well. Um, however, uh, what's more attractive? Like meeting somebody that you look, and if you're just thinking of a friend, like would you want to be friends with somebody that you meet and everything is perfect. Like they look perfect. They talk perfect. You know, they have the perfect house, the perfect cars. Like it would be cool for a little while and you'd be like, wow, this person is really, really cool. Or if you're sitting down and having a drink with somebody and you realize like they've been working over the last 10 years to get to where they are and they might not be to where that person, that other perfect person is, but the progress that they've made and, and the willingness to share their story. And, you know, you can even go back and see their YouTube videos or go back and listen to their podcasts where they, you know, they were struggling to come up with content or they were insecure about people's reviews or trolls or whatever it might be. Like we're attracted to the story and to the journey. And so I think people just need to realize that, that like guaranteed five years from now, you're going to look back on your content and it's going to look like that ugly orange, orange filter on your first Instagram <laughs> photo. You're going to be like, how did I think that was good? But people care more about you 
about following somebody that has like an authentic story than everything you do being absolutely perfect and there being no trace of growth at all. So I just think uh, I, I often, t- I need to tell myself that regularly because I only want to produce perfect stuff. But I, I realize that, you know, I need to do, for, for me, quality is the best that I can do with what I have currently and with what I know. Mm. And so like, I can't do better than that. Um, and so I just have to trust that by doing the best I can right now, that that's going to, that's going to work and that's going to come back someday. Yeah. And when I think about the way that our stories evolve over time and thinking, you know, um, (laughs) there will be parts of our stories that it's the orange filters of Instagram. It's the bell bottom jeans where it's kind of like, who thought that that was a great fashion statement or whatever it might be. Um, And knowing that our stories evolve, giving ourselves the grace to say, um, it's, it's a good thing it, it's evolved because we as humans truly are, are starting to kind of continue to grow mature with our own stories and how we see the world around us. And looking forward, you know, Seth, with Storyon, what part of Storyon's story are you most excited about in heading into the future? That's a good question. Um, I th- Man, it's so hard for me to think it's really hard for me to think um, past this year because I've been spending so much time over the last six months, like uh, focusing more on like getting my finances in order and like building more strategic plans that are more in like two to three month realms and stuff, just because I've had to like start, I've, I've been digging up the whole foundation of my business. And so I feel like I've just been putting one foot in front of the other. Um, but when I think about what I'm most excited about, uh, with story on, I started this business, um, and I, I jokingly say it this way, but I started it story on to help the good guys win. Um, and my heart behind it was really seeing that there were more and more really impactful businesses, like people that are doing incredible things and that their products are changing lives, their services are changing lives. It's no longer just like, hey, we made this product, we put it in front of people, they bought it, we have a lot of money. Like there's actually a cause or a purpose or a why behind what you're doing. And the number of businesses that have that purpose and that why behind what they're doing is increasing. and my heart has always been to help them leverage that story and that purpose in order to build more trust so they can grow. Um, so I think that the thing I'm most excited about is looking down the road a decade and seeing the businesses that I've been working with for a decade um, and see, like, just looking back and seeing their success, like seeing that. Um, hopefully story on can help to like lift those businesses up and to kind of empower them to continue to grow. But that's just a moment that I so look forward to. I mean, I just, I got a text from a new client just yesterday and they, uh, or this was like a week ago and they said, you know, our sales this month already exceeded last month. And just like the little things like that, where you're beginning to see businesses growing authentically, like, not just because they're manipulating people or because they're really clever in their copy or whatever, but because they're putting their stories out there and they're putting consistent content out there. So that's what I most look forward to is honestly um, working with, and I don't see myself working with a thousand clients 10 years from now. Um, I would be really, really happy if uh, in the next two years, if I identify 
20 clients that I work with for the next decade. And I get to see the results that they have and the lives that they change really be significant. Yeah. And, and the reason, and I, and I really appreciate you sharing that because it gives us a glimpse into kind of your heartbeat behind story on yeah. that. This is not a, uh, oh, this feels like a, a great trend or a great niche to step into, but that really allows you to use your superhero skills. Cause let's call it out. That's it. To be able to craft a powerful story. There is something truly heroic about having that and leveraging it to help the good guys win. And the world is starving for more stories that not only do we see ourselves in, but we see the good and what's right and true coming up to the surface and people saying, I feel wholesome. I feel fulfilled because of the story. Right. Um, and, and so, you know, thinking about, you know, what are some of the stories, what are some of the books, the podcasts besides copy and content that have been uh, kind of fueling your own story and fueling your own thinking over the last year? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I will say uh, this isn't a book or a podcast, it's an event, but every single year it fuels my, uh, it fuels my passion for good authentic stories. And that is the big event that's coming up on Sunday, which is the Super Bowl. Um, in general, I like hate most of the stories that are told at the Super Bowl. And I, I, I you can find more of my story. I, um, on my podcast or actually go into how like part of the vision of story on came from watching the Super Bowl and kind of being underwhelmed and thinking like, man, are these really the best stories that these brands can tell? And I I'm inspired by the Super Bowl because it's mostly a bunch of whitewashed tombs in a sense of it's a bunch of brands that really don't have that much to talk about as far as authenticity and impact. And they like, they're, they're grasping at thin air to try and tell these compelling stories when all that they're selling you is, is a chip. Like their employees probably aren't that happy. They probably pay everybody pre like there's not actually that much. And so I think that uh, this time of year, and I was even just thinking about it this morning. Um, I always see these stories that are really well produced, but they're not actually authentically connected to really great stories. They're just like really good pieces of media. Um, so that always inspires me to tell really great stories that are actually authentically connected to a brand that's changing lives. Um, so that's one. Uh, I'm reading a book, um, reading a book right now called Profit First, mm -hmm. uh, which is really great just for business owners as far as kind of changing your thinking around finances and um, running kind of more simple accounting for businesses. And that's really challenging me. Um, I, I've always loved a lot of Seth Godin's books. And so I think his newest book, This Is Marketing, is one of his best. Um, and I think that he talks about some really, really great ideas in there. And so I'd recommend that for anybody. Um, Podcast-wise, uh, I listen to Gary V's podcast every now and then out of curiosity. Um, he's somebody that I say I 100% agree with 80% of what he says um, and stuff. And so I think that he's really on to a lot of things, but I also think, you know, there's some things that we can adjust and, and learn from that. And so um, that's one that I listen to uh, every now and then. Um, funny thing, uh, there is a podcast this uh, young lady in California called Angie Lee. 
and her podcast is called the Angie Lee show. And this is really funny. I'm sure that I'm, I get asked this question often. And at some point she's going to call me and be like, you've told so many people about my podcast. So her, her podcast is designed for women's health coaches and like women building their personal training business, which I am none of those things. Um, but she does such a good job of just like being authentic about the challenges in her business. And also she does a better job than almost anybody I've seen at incorporating stories into her marketing. And so that's somebody that just watching how they do it, even though it's a totally different industry than me. And it's the, the practices are not that applicable for me. It's like, man, I I've learned a lot from, um, from that. And so, uh, those are some of them. Um, trying to think of any other books I've been reading recently. Yeah, the two I've been reading the last two weeks have been This is Marketing and Profit First, and they've been really good. Great books, absolutely. Well, and and with Seth, you know, anything Seth puts out is uh, at least um, worthwhile thumbing through, seeing mm-hmm. his wisdom really kind of come to the surface and uh, speak into mm-hmm. any kind of the marketing perspective. Yeah. I will say also, I, I do really like, there's kind of a couple, um, a couple different podcasts that are coming out from like the ClickFunnels world, uh, whether it's the Marketing Secret Show or Sales Funnel Radio. Um, there's a couple of different ones. And I just think that like those, the guys behind building ClickFunnels right now are some of the smartest in the game as far as like the science of marketing mm-hmm. right now. And so I really appreciate hearing them uh, learning from them just as far as, you know, kind of staying up to date with sales funnels and how we can incorporate kind of the science of human behavior into online marketing. And that you got to be careful with that because I can go a little bit into like manipulation stuff, but I think sure, that if you sure. with grain of salt, it can be really great. Yeah. And I think when it comes to like neuromarketing, neuroscience based marketing, just like anything powerful, there's that responsibility to use it. Um, it could be used for good or mm-hmm. used for evil. And it's up to us to saying, how do we recognize yeah. and give respect to the power behind it and leverage it only for making the world a better place tomorrow. Right. Um, and, yeah. you know, and I appreciate your heart behind that. So, you know, as we kind of, you know, turn the corner here and, you know, thank you so much for sharing. I mean, we I have two full pages of notes here on my notepad as we kind of writing down. And, um, you know, if somebody wanted to say, Hey, Seth, my, my story is just not where it's at. Um, I really feel you know, connected with what you said. I feel like I need some help. How do I keep, how do I continue conversation with you and your team at StoryOn? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, a place that I am spending a lot of my, this is actually, well, we met at the Uyghur Summit, but then started messaging each other on Instagram. Um, I'm spending a lot of time on Instagram right now. And over the next year, that's where I'm spending a lot of attention. So that's a great place just to keep up to date where our brands are putting out a lot of content. And we're going to be increasing that more and more um, as our podcast comes out. And so Instagram is a great place. My handle is just Seth Silvers. Um, but we do have uh, our all of our programs are application based. Um, and so if it's something that you'd want to talk with our team, um, our, we just, you could go to successwithstories.com slash apply. And, um, that would just kind of get you in the door to be able to, like, we could have a conversation and talk more about what your needs were and, um, whether one of our traditional programs was a good fit or not. But, um, I, I'm a pretty firm believer that generosity wins 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and so I'm not, I, I'm not going to hold much back. And if we're talking for 30 minutes on the phone or whatnot, um, I'll always be super, super happy to point you in the right direction, whether that's working with us or working with someone else. And so I, I would always be happy to talk with people about how they can better leverage their story and their content to really grow the business you're growing. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Seth Silvers from Story On, joining us on Copy and Content. And for you know, for the for the one who's listening to this, for uh, you know, the crowd that's saying, "Hey, I, I love where my story is at, and I think I'm ready to take it to the next level." Reach out to Story and, and talk story with Seth and his team. Successwithstories.com/apply. We'll have all of this in the show notes. You can look through, connect, uh, start a conversation. Thank you, Seth, for being with us on Copy and Content, and we'll catch you next time on copying content for thought leaders who actually give an issue about your audience. I'm John Cook. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the Copying Content Podcast with John Cook. If you like what you heard, do what fans do. Subscribe, share, rave, and show up for our next episode of Copying Content. But until then, stay beautiful, my friend. <laughs>